This is Who Kicked the Corner Flag, an English soccer game show podcast. With Kevin De Bruyne, who sets up a shot and scores. And now it's with Harry Kane, and it's another chance to make it three, and he doesn't miss this time. That's Coutinho for Salah. Oh, that's brilliant. Mo Salah's header from Coutinho's excellent cross. And here's your host, James Rose. Welcome to our 16th episode of the second season and our first FA Cup edition. Joining me again this week is the chairman of the KC Spurs, the man who lost count of Spurs' goals on Friday and who loves to add paprika to his breakfast sausage. Good lad. It's Jared Bessemente. How are you, bud? Oh, I'm just reliving. You know, seven. seven sounds right. Seven sounds nice. Seven is a good... Good number. Uh, and we're also joined today by the leader of the Casey Gunas, the man who can't get over the latest Pottermore revelation and who is ready for Ramsey to sign a new contract. But will he? It's Boyce Richardson. How are you, bud? Slightly sad because he most definitely will not. <laughs> yeah, you don't actually know if it was a joke or not, but anyway, uh, he probably won't. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and play another round of Talk of the Town, where our guys try and figure out the top three talking points from a list of popular options. Three points for guessing number one, two points for number two, and so on. Uh, so guys, the three FA Cup talking points were Goliath Slay Davids, Leicester outfoxed by lower league Newport, and Wolves win over West Merseyside Liverpool. So, Jared, you're up first. Which of those three was the most talked about? Uh, I would say it's once between two, and I'm really, I'm really struggling here. Uh, I thought I had my answer immediately, but now I'm think, overthinking it. <laughs> uh, Liverpool Wolves. That would certainly be it. Yes, and it'll get you those first three points right off the bat. Uh, Liverpool, surprisingly today, uh, Monday, lost their game against uh, the Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, Liverpool have been eliminated from the FA Cup in six of their past eight ties against uh, Premier League opposition. And the Wolves, believe it or not, have eliminated Liverpool five times. Only Stoke, lovable Stoke, uh, have knocked them out more times. Um, so, Jared, question for you. Do you think Liverpool, based on their performance and the result today, do you think Liverpool actually care about the FA Cup? First of all, points for a Stoke reference to our faithful <laughs> listeners. They know it's been a while since we've taken a shot at the Potters. But, uh, you know, I'm going to maybe preempt voice a little bit because I think I know his take on this. Um, <laughs> I and, and even the national stance on it, uh, if you look at some of the highlights, it says, you know, Wolves beat uh, reserve Liverpool. Mm. Uh, and I, I think they care. I mean, you have to ask how much you care when you have some momentum laying goal. But that notwithstanding, you did have a you no know, a decent squad out there. You had some starters. I mean, according to Dayon Lovren, you know he's the best defender in the world, and he was out there. Uh, so, 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 so I think, uh, like anything, it is a calculation for a, a team that's in a lot of competitions. You know, you gotta you gotta cycle in and out that squad. And unfortunately, as Spurs have seen, uh, I, you know, Wolves is just a good team. I mm-hmm. do think if we're talking about what percentage of strength these two teams played, I think there's no doubt that Wolves played a higher percentage of their strength uh, of their total strength in this match. But uh, we are just a Jordan Shakiri free kick millimeter away yeah. from talking about possibly their round tie. So I don't I don't know uh, that we've really I think it's just 
kind of the nature of these competitions that, you know, anybody can beat anybody. Uh, but I think they care uh, and maybe thought they're, you know, thought some of their second string guys like this R.E.S. Camacho, whoever the hell that is, uh, and playing right back at number 64 to get the job done and clearly won the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, boys, what's your take on it? Do you think uh, Liverpool kind of threw the game a little bit or do you think it was just a, a bad day at the office for them? I think it's unquestioned what the goal of Klopp's team selection was today. When you consider the fact that they're paired against Premier League opposition, I think it was just a calculated risk to kind of echo Jared's point, which was the fact that Klopp knew that he could put out a subpar lineup on the road, and if they lost, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. And I think that the the exact same thing happened for Liverpool in the EFL Cup earlier this year, and the exact same thing happened for Liverpool in the FA Cup last year. Inarguably, Liverpool is one of the probably top two or three deepest teams in the Premier League right now, and they had better talent available. I don't think, I forget when the substitutions were today, but they weren't until far later when Salah and Firmino came on and sort of a last-ditch effort. But even when they came on, you could kind of tell that the impetus just wasn't there. As an Arsenal fan, I think we talk about Spurs trophy glut a lot where we talk about the fact that they haven't they haven't won hardware in a really long time. But just because Liverpool have performed well over the last few years, I think Klopp's gotten a little bit of a slide. You know, obviously last year they were in the UCL final. This year they've got a four-point lead over City in the EPL. But the reality of the situation is the fact that Klopp seems to just dismiss the domestic cup competitions, which is fine. But if something happens this campaign and City somehow overtake them, and they don't win the EPL, and they get knocked out of the Champions League, I think Klopp might come to regret his decision to perpetually play limited lineups during these domestic cup competitions because there are cup competitions that Liverpool could unquestionably win, and by dismissing them, he's depriving of himself uh, and Liverpool fans of an opportunity for a trophy, mm. which, you know, obviously I think Jared would agree as well. We would take a UCL championship or an EPL title over a domestic cup, but sometimes you just got to take what's there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was going to say flipping that kind of a little bit. So let's just say hypothetically that Klopp did put out a stronger lineup and then let's say two weeks down the road, his key players get injured or whatever. Do you think then people would look back at that and go, oh, why did he play so-and-so in this game when he could have just played a second-string lineup? I certainly think that that's a good point. I mean, I think it's a situation where, you know, you're going to probably get castigated for not playing a full-strength lineup and then turn around, and if you do play a full-strength lineup and somebody gets hurt, somebody's going to get mad. Right. It, it just depends on what you're trying to do. I think the FA Cup, obviously, we would all acknowledge, has been tarnished a little bit over the last decade or so. You know, ESPN has deemed it unnecessary to even show any of the actual matches on live TV, and it's only on ESPN Plus, which is absolutely ridiculous. But it is one of those situations where the esteem of the cup has been diminished. But I do think Klopp does need to take into consideration, you know, irrespective of the potential damage to the lineup and people that could go out with injuries, he's got to win something at some point. Sure. All that talent, all that money, I mean, Above and beyond Tottenham, this isn't Tottenham. Tottenham didn't put any money into the squad in the summer. Liverpool have splashed 100 million pounds, if not 200 million pounds, over the last two years. At some point, that has to come to some sort of hardware. All right, boys, uh, we're over to you then for the next one. We still have Goliath, Slay, Davids, and Leicester outfoxed by lower league Newport. So which one do you think uh, was next on the list? 
Let's talk about Lester Newport. Why don't we do that? Absolutely. But however, it was only uh, number three on the list, so it'll just get you a single point. Um, this is Newport's first victory against the Premier League side since 1963 uh, when they beat Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, now for Leicester, this is the first time they've been eliminated by a League Two uh, team since 1979. So a lot of historical numbers being uh, thrown around here. Um, but let's let's turn our attention to Leicester here for a minute. I mean, we're talking about a team that won the Premier League uh, a couple of years ago, and ever since then they've been kind of on this slide. So, question, boys, do you ever think that we're going to see this team bounce back to kind of strong form to really maybe challenge again for the top four, maybe even the title? No. I just don't see a situation where lightning strikes twice for this team. Teams like Arsenal, Chelsea, United, with the money that they've spent and then the stadiums that they have, have been having problems over the last few years competing for major titles, like the EPL title, obviously, in the Champions League as well. You know, they had Mares, they had Conte, they had Vardy, they had this team, Albrighton, every component piece kind of fell into place at what happened to be the exact right time. Mm-hmm. It was a year when Liverpool weren't playing particularly well, nor were Manchester City. Chelsea was down. United were still reeling from Sir Alex Ferguson. And it was, as an Arsenal fan, I, I think Arsenal fans always have to look back on that year with a little bit of pain because Danny Welbeck scores that headed goal and I think the 93rd minute against Leicester to beat them for the second time. We're within a point, And then the wheels just fall off, mm-hmm. which I, I think was the... The the last kind of great Wenger failure that sticks in the mind of all Arsenal fans, even above and beyond not finishing in the top four for his last years. But that team was a great team. They weren't as talented as many of the other teams that were in the league that year, but they fit together really well, and Ranieri had them prepared and ready to go. And they somehow managed to eke out wins. But right now... You know, they lost Mares, they lost Conte, he was their midfield linchpin. The money that they spent hasn't brought in players of sufficient quality to be able to continue their rise. They're they're just full of offshoots now. You know, they got Ian Nacho, who I think when we were watching City a few years ago, you might have suspected would be decent, but their back lines Johnny Evans and Wes Morgan, Danny Simpson, and they're just older and Okazaki's older. And you know, you have players like James Madison that they brought in who I think is a very high-quality player, but there's just not enough there anymore. They they kind of went Southampton and sold all their component pieces, and now they're trying to rearrange things. But unlike Southampton, they're obviously now just good enough to be able to stay up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, would you agree? Do you think Leicester are not quite got it for some time to come yet? I mean, I think boys hit the nail on the head. Uh, they've sold off some really important pieces, and their pieces that they brought in haven't really, uh, haven't really gotten the job done. But um, hats off to Newport County. I mean, they are, uh, again, you know, a Mark Albrighton bonehead move uh, <laughs> away from having to, again, play in a way tie. And uh, this is a team that forced Spurs to play in a way tie. And it took a Harry Kane goal in, I think, like the 80-something minute uh, last year to bring him back. So kudos to uh, Newport County and uh, for eking through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I think we're, we've really seen a decline in Leicester that I, I, I just don't see them uh, really surging back. 
Right, Jared, we're over to you for the last one, which, of course, is the remaining one, the Goliath Slay David's topic, which will get you uh, a bonus two points for not even saying anything. Um, so here's some stats. I love it. Oh, you love it. <laughs> here's some stats on this one, then. Uh, obviously, we're talking specifically about, obviously, Manchester City's victory over the Rotherham and Spurs' victory over... Uh, Tranmere. Now, this was Spurs' largest margin of victory since 1960 in the FA Cup when they beat Crew 13-2 in the fourth round. Uh, now, for Tranmere, both of their heaviest defeats in the FA Cup have now come against Spurs. Um, obviously, they lost 9-1 to them back in 1953. Uh, now, one quick stat here about Rotherham. Uh, this was, of course, Rotherham's heaviest defeat in the FA Cup ever um, against Manchester City. Uh, previous to that, it was 6-0 against Brighton. Ooh, there's some fun stats right there. Jared, let me uh, ask of, of you for Spurs. Did we think uh, they put in a good shift with their non-starters? I mean, players like Aurier, Foy, Skip. Um, give us your overall breakdown of their performance. No, good old Ollie Skip. Had a great little assist to, uh, <laughs> uh, to Urente in there to uh, help him, you know, bring his way into his hat-trick. Um, and obviously, Aurier, you know, snagged a brace. Uh, and for some stupid reason... Harry Kane comes on to, you know, just, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, uh, uh, kind of alluding to this about, you know, Klopp, if he plays a stronger squad and somebody gets hurt and people say, well, you're not prioritizing the right competitions and all of that. Um, Mauricio Pochettino just, you know, well, forget that, you know, how many times have we talked on this pod about in matches that do not seem to matter that Harry Kane trots out there again, you know, the match we were talking about before against Newport County last year, where we drew, Hurricane started that match. Like, mm-hmm. just, I don't understand. Uh, and obviously he knows better than we do, but, I mean, the guy has missed time, you know, with that pesky ankle uh, before. I just wouldn't trot him out there. But it's obviously a great result. Um, you know, you're, it's not uh, not the strongest of squads, for sure. <laughs> but, you know, you saw them out there, and they were having fun. And uh, you really just were really going to miss Sun, uh, who is now off for the, uh, uh, for the Asian Cup. And uh, hoping that, uh, you know, kind of Lucas can plug in there and uh, uh, some other players can, you know, help carry the water. But um, that's what you want. You want a comfortable win where no one gets injured and uh, you just move on to the next. Boys mm-hmm. uh, of City's performance, any specific comments on their, their shape, their choice of players, anything that kind of stood out to you in that fixture? Well, I think what was interesting about City over the weekend was the fact that I saw on my Twitter feed as the match was occurring, people were accusing City of doing the opposite of what Liverpool had done, which is playing an absolutely stacked lineup against an overmatched team. And I think the funny thing about that position is the fact that it what it really belies is the depth of Manchester City. Mm-hmm. You look at the starting 11 that they put out there, you have Raheem Sterling, John Stones, and Ederson, and the rest of that team is Manchester City bench players. I mean, I know De Bruyne was out there, but he hasn't been starting because he's been hurt. So you've got Oda Mindy back in defense, which is a perpetual liability, but they have a full second 11 that could probably still compete in some ways with Liverpool. There's <laughs> still enough danger in that front, the front of that lineup to just be able to eviscerate teams. And I think that's what you saw. I, I think, I mean, not to, to fold in the league too much here, but if anybody has any concern about Liverpool, the reality is it's because Manchester city has the depth to compete in every single competition mm-hmm. and they're still in the league cup. 
they're in the semifinals. The FA kindly gave them the crappiest team out of the four remaining <laughs> to be able to play so that they could continue to play their second 11 and still advance to the final. Lucky them. Uh, but Pep has the exact opposite stance on these competitions that Klopp does. Mm. And, and to a certain extent, it's admirable. Pep is going to put out teams that could possibly win, and he wants every single trophy he can get. Mm-hmm. You know, He's still looking at the League Cup. He's still looking at the FA Cup on top of the Champions League and on top of the Premier League. And the reason that he can do that is because they just go out and spend a ton of money and go get Riyad Mahrez just because they think it'd be fun to have him on their team so that they can play in FA Cup matches and win, continue to win domestic trophies. <laughs> it's not quite the same for the other Premier League teams. It's certainly not this, the same for a team like Spurs or a team like Arsenal to a lesser extent, a team like Chelsea that I believe the fact was they have 39 players on loan right now. So <laughs> Chelsea could apparently field four different starting 11s, and who knows how well they'd fare. But these domestic cups and the teams that Pep plays in them are solely demonstrative of the fact that Manchester City, irrespective of their four-point deficit right now, are a league above every other team in the Premier League in terms of the quality of depth that they have. And not only that, they've got depth from players that they purchased, and then they go stick Phil Foden out there, and he scores an incredible goal. Mm-hmm. So they're so developing talent at the same time that they're acquiring talent. Obviously, there are still, I believe, 17 matches left in the season, if not 18. You can't just overlook them. Mm-hmm. Four points isn't that much. Liverpool stumbles again once. They're like the shark out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wouldn't dismiss them in any of the competitions that they're still in. <laughs> Right, let's move on. Uh, we're going to play a new game today, guys, uh, in the spirit of our FA Cup special. Uh, this is a game I like to call Going the Distance. Going the Distance. So here's how it works. In turn, I'm going to give each of you guys two teams, uh, two pairs of teams, from all four English leagues. Now, of these pairings, you have to tell me <coughs> which of these teams have the greatest separation in terms of position on their respective tables. So, for example, Manchester City and Liverpool are currently, obviously, just one place apart. Whereas Arsenal and Notts County from League Two are whopping 88 places apart. Uh, so obviously in this example, you'd pick Arsenal slash Notts County. Hopefully that all makes sense. Um, all right, boys. Uh, so you'll go up first with this one. Between the following teams, Chelsea and Wigan Athletic. So that's pair number one. And then Southampton and Derby County. Which pair has the biggest separation? So you got Chelsea and Wigan Athletic, Southampton, and Derby County. The first one. The first one is absolutely correct. Yes, nice work on that. That'll get you those two points. Chelsea, of course, are currently sitting fourth in the Premier League, and Wigan Athletic are in a division below in 20th, which gives them a 36-point gap. Southampton in 18th spot in the Premier League versus Derby County uh, and they're 6th in their divisions. So that's only 8 points. So yes, nice work, boys. That was the correct answer. Alright, Jared, over to you. We have Liverpool and Stoke City versus Hull City and Sunderland. So Liverpool and Stoke City as one pair. Hull City and Sunderland as the other, which has the greater distance. Oh, God. you got to kind of think about where Stoke City are currently-ish, where Hull City are, what Sunderland are up to. Who cares about Stoke City, though? <laughs> like... That's why I threw it in. 
<laughs> oh god, I love making fun of the Potters. It's so great. I love offending the four people that support them on the pod, that, 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 that listen to the pod. Uh, okay, so the first one. The first one is correct. Nice work. Yeah, got it in there. Liverpool, of course, currently sitting uh, top. Stoke City in the division below are in 14th, so that's a total of 34 points there. And then Hull City currently 13th in their division. Uh, Sunderland are in the league below that uh, in third spot, but that's only a 14-point gap. So, yep, it was number one. All right, boys, we're over to you for this next one. We have Tottenham and Portsmouth as pair number one. And then Arsenal and Blackpool as pair number two. Which of those two has the greater distance? Tottenham. I have no idea. I'm going to go with the <laughs> second one. He's going with the second one. And he is absolutely correct again. Nice work, bud. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal are currently fifth in the table. Blackpool are league three or I want to say league they're league one but they're technically three tiers down in 10th spot so that is a whopping 49 although Tottenham of course currently sitting in third spot in the Premier League and Portsmouth are in league one but at the top so it's only 42 points so kind of close in that one but you still got the right answer so nice work uh Jared this last one's for you then so Manchester United and Swansea City West Ham and West Brom Manchester United and Swansea City, or West Ham and West Brom? Uh, the first one. The first one. Bam, you guys are 4 4. You crossed it. Yes, that is absolutely correct. Manchester United, of course, sixth spot in the Premier League uh, versus Swansea City, who are 12th in the division below, which is 26. And West Ham, of course, currently sitting 10th. And West Brom are in uh, fourth in the championship, which is 14 points. So nice work, guys. You got all four of them right. You crushed it. Blast the fighting Tony Pulis's <laughs> mighty army. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care if he's not there anymore. They'll forever be the fighting Tony Pulis. <laughs> Love it. All right, guys, let's swiftly move on then to our last game, uh, which is, of course, an FA Cup version of our classic closer, which is Team Profile. So, as usual, I'll provide five different clues to an FA Cup team, each clue easier than the last. First person to shout their name and correctly guess said team wins the two points, but you only get one guess as an incorrect shot, of course, freezes you out. Uh, this week, your clue to these teams is notable victories or losses. Notable victories or losses. See what you make of that. Guys, you ready? Let's go. Let's do it. Team number one is located in Merseyside. Plays their home games at Brenton Park. Currently in League Two of English football. Have a blue and white square crest. Blue and white square crest. Got spanked by Spurs 7-0 on Friday. Yes, Jared just squeaked it. <laughs> Tranmere. Tranmere, should've, yes. Should have known more about him. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, where was it? Uh, but yes, you still got it. That is correct. There was two points. Tranmere Rovers. Uh, God, I feel sorry for them. No, I don't. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Team number two currently sits seventh in League One. Play at London Road Stadium. Known as the Posh. Got beaten by Middlesbrough over Boyce. the week. Yes, boys. 
Peterborough. Peterborough, yes, that is absolutely correct. And it'll get you those two points. Uh, they the did get posh. beaten by... <laughs> Gotta love the mighty <laughs> posh. And they use slang when they talk. Uh, the last clue on that one was located in Peterborough. That might have given it away. But yes, that is correct. <laughs> Would have got you those, gotten those points. Uh, team number three is located northwest of Birmingham. Is a current Premier League team. Have had notable victories against some top six teams this season. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. I believe that would be Wolverhampton. Wolverhampton is absolutely correct. Yes, and we'll get you those two points. Uh, the other two clues have an animal on their crest, and Neves, Matinho, and Traore are all players. Yes, it is. They also player. count Robert Plant Ooh. as one of their celebrity fans. I did not know that. Uh, we love stats on the pod, so that is a great one. We'll take it. We'll treasure it. <laughs> love it. Right. Uh, team number four currently sit 10th in the EFL Championship, so that's the division below uh, the Premier League. Uh, they play their games at Villa Park. Jared Yes, Jared. <laughs> Aston Villa. Aston Villa. Bam. Nice work there. That was very quick. Right off the mark. That is correct, and that'll get you those two points. Uh, the other clues, also located in Birmingham, uh, Prince Willie is a huge fan, and part of the name has Villa in it, but you didn't need that. It is Aston Villa. Nice work, Jared. All right, team number five, play at the Riverside Stadium. Nickname, The Borough. Spent 2016-17 in the EPL before being relegated. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Middlesbrough? It is Middlesbrough. Yeah, nice work. And I'll get you those two points. The other clues currently managed by Tony Pulis. Didn't even know that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> great tie-in. And has the word middle in part of the name. So the answer is yes, Middlesbrough. Nice work. And that is the final game. Guys, would you believe it? We have another tie. Both have scored 11 points. Boy, oh boy, this is exciting. Uh, so let me go ahead and bring out a tiebreaker. This one, of course, has to be FA Cup related. So in turn, like we've kind of done with the last few ones, I'm going to bring out a season. Let's see. Let's go with 2012. Okay. Who in the 2011-2012 FA Cup, who were the runners-up? Who were the runners-up in the 2011-2012 FA Cup? No Googling. Boyce, we'll start with you. Manchester United is incorrect, Jared. Uh, Liverpool. It is Liverpool, Jared. That is absolutely correct. And you have stolen the victory, sir. That's right. They lost to Chelsea. I remember that. <laughs> that is absolutely right. Good memory. The champions were Chelsea. The defending champions were Manchester City, but the runners-up were Liverpool. So that'll get you the bonus point, and that will get you the win. How do you feel? Ah, you know, the FA Cup always brings me good luck. I always love the FA Cup pods. I have to go back to the previous pods and see how many victories you've got from there, but I think you could be right. I think the FA Cup ones might be in your favor. Who knows? Uh, Boyce commiserations, just lost it at the end there, but uh, how are things going? How are you feeling? You know, Jared's just lucky it wasn't a semifinal. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, because if you remember, we got stomped in the semifinal. <laughs> That's why I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we lost like 4-1 or something. Uh, uh, it was four, yeah. three or four, four, one or three. I can't remember, but yeah, I think you're sadly it was, right. It was bad. It was a bad um, one. 
But uh, anyway, how are we feeling uh, of our prospective teams in the FA Cup? So Spurs have drawn, news broken today, Spurs have drawn Crystal Palace away. How do we feel about that, Jared? I, oh, God, I feel awful about it, actually. Uh, I think that's a tough... <laughs> It's a tough atmosphere to go to, mm-hmm. and I, I think Palace, you know, they have an any day, as, as they showed against uh, Man City, you know, depending on the strength of the you know, squad and if things follow their way. I mean, that, that could go south pretty quickly, so mm-hmm. uh, I, it's definitely not a step over. Mm-hmm. And the other slightly tastier fixture uh, is Arsenal at home to Manchester United. Boyce, how do we feel about that one? Not extremely confident, mm-hmm. although... I'm not going to lie. I, the FA Cup has been very good to Arsenal over the last five years. I've appreciated our three. Uh, this year, I think our best opportunity for hardware is probably the Europa League, which attaches with it a uh, Champions League spot, which mm-hmm. is a really long way of saying if we were to lose that match, don't count me as heartbroken. <laughs> Disappointed, but not devastated. I like that. Well, Correct. from either game, I guess uh, guess we'll see what happens. But uh, that is all we have time for today, folks. So big thanks, as always, to my guests, Jared Bustamente and Boyce Richardson. Uh, of course, don't forget to check out our Twitter page, at Kick Corner Flag, as well as our Facebook page and website, kickflag.com. Uh, guys, final words. Boyce. Cannot wait for uh, the revenge rubber match against Samir Nasri and Jack Wilshire over the weekend. <laughs> the chosen one and he who shall not be named. Love it. That's very true. Yeah, that's that is this weekend. And uh, and Jared, I'm just you know hoping that uh, South Korea just gets blanked uh, in their group <laughs> with uh, China, Kyrgyzstan, and the Philippines. Uh, I believe Jared. Cup. Unfortunately, they won one nil today. So <laughs> I hadn't looked at it. I don't know the time zone things, boys. Uh, so much better that than I am. Well. Well, all right, we're screwed. We're screwed. It's gone. <laughs> Sun's lost. It's over. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening, as always, and have a great week.